Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. So glad to have you join us for another episode. And as always, quick shout out to my executive producer, Andre Suttles with Suttles Solution Media for helping to make this podcast possible. Today is going to be a good one. I can't wait to share the story on how me and today's guest met. I can't wait to share his story his inspiration. I say inspiration on purpose because it is my pleasure to introduce all of you to Ryan Ramirez, aka Bro Rye, the inspiration guy on the call. Hey, man. Hey, what is going on to all of the listeners out there? Yes, Bro Rye, inspiration guy. Super pumped, super excited to be with all of y'all. So Ted, thank you for having me, bro. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm telling you, man, that's that's the energy this podcast needs coming out the gate. And and I'm excited to kind of break down the story and how we met and hear some of the work that you've been doing, not just on the West Coast, but now on the East Coast, continuing to grow. I could tell there's already a lot of similarities between our mindsets, but I want you to have the opportunity to take the floor, introduce yourself to our audience really quick, help them get acquainted with you before we kind of really hop into the conversation. So please, man, the floor is yours. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So once again, Ryan Ramirez, a.k.a. Bro Ride, the inspiration guy, born and raised in Vallejo, California, 707. Say it backwards. If you know where the 707 is, cool. If not, home of CC Sabathia, Mac Dre, E40, and a bunch of other guys like that. So grew up in the Bay Area, about an hour from San Francisco. Um, Again, right? Upbringing, full-blooded Filipino, super diverse community. Uh, One thing that when I was growing up in Vallejo, just realizing how blessed I was to have, you know, family and community, but didn't have the best upbringings, right? You know, parents divorced when I was one month old, just had all these different struggles. And I just thought that was life. And I thought that's, it was normal. So fast forward, life-changing experience, encountered Christ at a confirmation retreat. And then from there said, oh, there's a better way. So ever since that day, my struggles, of course, are still there, but I've always tried to figure out or always reminded myself, that there is a better way. So what, whatever might be unhealthy, whatever things that I'm that are happening to me around me, you know, in the situation, I'm like, yo, there's always a better way. So whether that's mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, all the different uh, areas of my life, that's something I always have to remind myself is that there is a better way. So out here, 11 months, Greenville, South Carolina, COVID hit. Just you know, to keep the story short, lost all of my work. So you can imagine what that could be like losing all of your work and having to figure out what you're going to do for your your family. Now, I don't know if I'm going too far ahead, but we'll just, you know, like I said, it's it, I want to just keep this little intro short. So yeah. um, just out here trying to, you know, do what I can to pay it forward like it was paid forward to me. I'm big on, on paying things forward. All the people who have my back, all the people who supported me throughout my years, I'm like, I need to do the same for others. So, yeah, man, I think a lot of our journey comes from, from firsthand experiences, man. And it sounds like your inspiration that you give to others comes through the overcoming in terms of you say, you know, my struggles were still there, but 
I always realize there's a better way. There's a better way. And I always say, you know, the, the struggles and the, and the obstacles that we encounter, they don't get any smaller. We just get bigger. You know, when I was 18 years old, I remember worrying about how to pay a cell phone bill. Quite frankly, now a cell phone bill is the least of my problems, <laughs> you know, because I'm thankful to have the cell phone bill because I need the phone to take care of the other problems. But the problems don't get any smaller. We just get bigger. So, I mean, I'll hop right into it because you kind of alluded to the journey of all the work going away, pandemic hits, providing for the family. You're in the middle of a move. Man, you talk about having a playbook and it just gets dismantled, you know, right after you hike the ball. You know, how'd you call the audible? How'd you advance that ball down the field, man? Yeah, definitely. And then just to bring a little context to that, just to kind of give uh, all of our listeners just a full picture is, so I worked at a mental hospital, Napa, so mental health for 11 years, doing medications, treatments, the whole nine. But while I was working at the hospital, because again, I just, I got that, you know, live to give mindset, always trying to do what I can to volunteer. So I was volunteering at the church, working, you know, doing some youth ministry work, work with youth, young adults. So I was doing the full-time hospital job. And at the same time, I was working or volunteering at the church. And then I had this opportunity to work in elementary schools and middle schools doing social emotional learning. So yeah. I was doing the assemblies. I was the feelings guy. So yeah. coming in, basically, we're talking about anti-bullying, right? We're talking about behaviors and our behaviors are rooted from how we feel and our feelings, right? Like, so just unpacking all that from an elementary middle school level. So I got three things going on at one time and it got to the point where it was like, I love everything I'm doing, but as you could tell, my plate was full. Well, our daughter at the time, ooh, I want to say, so she's 24 now. I got a 24 year old. I, so my wife and I were working at the hospital, just going through that grind, that pace, you know, wanting to give, wanting to serve. And then finally it got to the point after 11 years, like I tell people, my heart, it wasn't beating hard enough. Mm. Like the job, I was thankful for the job. I was thankful for the benefits, state job, you know, healthcare back then. I mean, even now, but, you know, in Filipino culture, Asian culture is like, oh, you a nurse, you're a doctor, you're doing something like that. It's, it's big ups. My mom was so yeah. proud, right? Of my graduation. And I just remember having that conversation to let her know that I was leaving. Because my wife was like, my wife ended up getting injured. So she had to leave the job and we, we worked together for 11 years. And her injury is, again, part of my drive. And we can get into that a little bit in a little while. But what ended up happening, I had to tell my mom, like, I'm leaving. My wife was like, look, I got you. If you're here at this job, all you're thinking about is everything else you're doing, working with the kids, you know, doing those retreats, doing those workshops. And it seems like then it's a no brainer. Yeah. But how do you, you know, how do you leave the bag? Like, let's be real. Like, how do you leave at the time when I left, I was a, a golf cart driver. I was escorting patients mm-hmm. from one unit to another. I was like the Uber at the hospital, yeah. <laughs> like 42 an hour, bro. Like who's yeah. going to pass up on, on money like that. But I was like, my heart isn't beating hard enough. Dude. So everyone thought I was crazy. Everyone like, I'm like, are you sure you're leaving a state job, medical benefits? I mean, I'm already invested, right? So I got a retirement when it's retirement age, but I just was not fully alive. Dude, man, I want the listeners to kind of embrace, A, the real that just happened here, B, 
the lesson a lot of us need to take is when you say your heart wasn't beating hard enough, there are so many of us who wake up every single day, we look in the mirror, we know what we're about to do that day and we don't want to do it. And the reality is we do it because of the paycheck that it gives us, because of the life that we need to sustain, because of the things that we wanted that we don't get to enjoy because we have to go to work. So then we have the things we want sitting there collecting dust when we told ourselves that we wanted that because we were trying to fill the time that we're home or the time that we have available. And then when we get it, it's not what we actually want. So the amazing thing is you're in a position where you you know what you want. And one of the realest things I think I've heard on this podcast is that is how do you leave the bag? Because what we talk about a lot in No Rain, No Rainbows is the side hustle is the thing that gives us fulfillment and the thing that gives us joy. But the real talk that I don't think we've ever gotten to was at some point in time, the decision comes where we can't serve two masters Mm, and mm -mm. we're going to have to pick a direction. So, dude, what was that decision process like? (laughs) Elaborate more, because I saw you kind of shifting your seat when I said that. No, I I want you to pour into it. You can't serve two masters. No, you cannot. So here's the thing. So growing up, I'm a big domino player. Do you play bones? Are you are you into you play dominoes? I play dominoes a little bit. All right. So growing up, growing up, dominoes was thing. And one of, you know, my older cousins would always say not all money is good money. Mm. And of course, in dominoes, it meant don't just take the five when you could get 10 or 15 down the road. Like if you had an 05, double five, like not all money is good money. So in that same sense, in that same sense, that was my mindset. I was like, this is good money, but not all money is good money. Now, quick disclaimer, because I still have a lot of friends, family who work at the same hospital, Nothing but love for everything that Napa State Hospital provided for me and my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, for the 11 years we were there, we were able to do so many different things from traveling, like you said, you know, buying the real estate, getting involved and just living to a certain level of comfort. Right. So I don't want to like say I hated the job, but it was at a price, right? Double 16 hour shifts mandated overtime. So here was the day where I was like, okay, this you know, again, this is in my own experience. I remember we would work so much, my wife and I, our daughter would call. And she called one time and she was like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, and I was on the desk. And I was like, why, you know, why are you calling? Because she was at her aunt's house. I said, you know, we're working right now, you know, and in my just zone, right? Like I'm in that work mode, just mm-hmm. she's calling. I was like, you know, what's going on? Is everything? She was, oh, everything's okay. And I'm like, well, you know, in my mind, like, why are you calling? And it was like, I just want to hear your voice. Yeah. And I was like, whoop, pause, right? Like, I was there like, whoa, like I had a reality check. Here I am working hard to provide for my family because that was mm-hmm. the reason why for her, or my daughter, my wife. But yet, I think we forget, let's not just provide the financial piece but where's the emotional piece, the spiritual piece? And that's where it really made started making me think about, is this really worth it? All my daughter want to do is just hear my voice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because she would sleep over there like two days in a row because we were just back to back over time chasing the bag. So not all money is good money. And I, and I get it. 
We all have certain things that we want, but after being on the road for 11 months, living out of a suitcase and having all of our lifelong belongings in a pod from Cali to here, it makes you even realize even more what's most important. Yeah. So for all of our listeners out there, just the mindset was, what are you thinking about on your deathbed? The fact that you wish you would work more overtime or the fact that you would wish you had more time with your family? And so from that moment at the hospital is when the wheel started spinning even more like, all right, we got to figure this out. You know, like you were talking about side hustles or just what are some other ways I can still make income, Mm -hmm. still have impact, but not let it be at the cost of my health, my relationship with my, you know, my family, my daughter. I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Triple, double, triple, double. That's all (laughs) I got to say. Triple, double. Yeah. Dude, and I'm trying not to get emotional because this is a learning moment for me because, you know, I have a day job and I do this podcast and I do Modern Man, which is a men's networking and empowerment group for for the listeners that don't know. But, dude, I work a lot, you know, and there's no kids in the picture right now. And this is a question for myself, but also for someone out there who is making the bag, who's getting the bag, but they realize same thing, nothing but love for my job, nothing but love for the career that provides nothing but opportunities in life. Is The job's not a bad thing. I don't think either of us are trying to say that. It's matching the purpose of our lives with what we get paid to do, right? And when you start realizing that, these are the conversations I love having, right? Every, the work I'm doing with Modern Man, those, those are the things that occupy my mind when I'm going to sleep, when I wake up. I don't mind doing my job. I enjoy my job. I have a lot of fun with my job. But after a full shift of work, I still have energy to do this. Growing this right now does come at a sacrifice of family time. It does come at a sacrifice of opportunities in other realms to you know build on those relationships personally. Where do you think the trade-off comes? Because mm. if someone's trying to balance that right now and they're trying to get out of where they are, mm-hmm. you were in a spot, you're volunteering while also working at the hospital. What was it that brought it to the climax that made you make that call? And when would you advise someone listening to make that call themselves? Yeah. So again, like my, my background, my faith background, I'm a believer. So the inspiration guys, the Holy Spirit inspiration, like that's where, that's the little backstory of where that comes from. Everything I yeah. do, share, say, speak, hands, feet, everything is, is always going to be Holy Spirit inspired. Cause again, this, that was the turning point in my life when growing up, like I was sharing with you, you know, previous to the recording, just, you know, growing up and in this situation where I was like, you know, there has to be something better. There's a better way. And so my encounter with Christ was like the turning point. So fast forward to that. Number one, just discernment. So just really discerning on like, all right, like, all right, God, where do you want me? Because it's not me, it's you. And then the second piece that was important for me to just feel good about it or to like really be clear about, not feel good. Let me say that differently. Could be clear about was do the people in my inner circle, do my tribe, does my tribe see this in me. And I think this is where a lot of times people get it twisted. We want to impress the people that we ain't even going to see or know 20 years from now, today. 
mm-hmm. when we really should be focusing the people that we're going to have in 20 years in our lives. And did we make them proud? Did we make it count with them? So a couple things. Number one, when I told my mom, back to that story, when I told my mom that I was leaving the hospital job, I was scared. Like, <laughs> I thought she was going to cry. You know, said side story, my ex-fiance, whole nother story. When we broke up, my mom was crying when I told her about that Ooh. because she was so attached. So I was like, how's she going to feel when I tell her about this? Yeah. But as soon as I told moms, she said, finally. And I was like, what? She's like, honey, I know you've liked working with kids, speaking, working, doing church work your whole life. She was like, I was like, you're not mad. She goes, no. I said, why not? And here's what she said. Cause you didn't ask me. She goes, because in the last however many years you haven't asked to borrow money. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, the moment I knew you could pay your own bills, that you stop asking for money, you have medical insurance as a parent. That's all I want to know that you're going to be okay. Yeah. And it was crazy because I got this, this hospital job a month before my medical benefits ended under my parents. Uh-huh. And so my mom was like, you proved to me and you make me and your dad so proud. Even though we don't say it all the time. She was like, finally, go do whatever you do. Go do whatever you want. You know, I will always love you and support you. So that was already one piece of like clarity. Like, all right, mom's already saw it in me. I came out of her. So she knows. Yeah. Second, my daughter, I talked to my daughter and was like, you know, I was going through this youth speaker program. We didn't have the money for it. And I tried to get the free uh, scholarship by turning in some YouTube videos. It didn't work out. And so we were having breakfast one day in San Francisco. And I said, so what do you think I should do? And at this time she was like, I want to say 13, maybe mm-hmm. 13, 14. I was like, cause you know, we don't really have the money to do this, but you know, like I really want to try this. And she goes, what do you mean? I was like, cause we can't really afford. Like, you know, I don't get into deep into my finances. All right. So if y'all listening, don't be like, hey, this dude's going yeah. too deep with his kids. But, you know, just trying to give her the reality of it. Yeah. Right. Like, here's there's where a, we're at. There's a cost. We have to, we can't get <laughs> yeah. it. We have to earn it. And she, and then here's what she said. She said, well, what else are you going to do? <laughs> I was like, huh? She goes, this is what you're called to do. And she was like, as long as I've known you, this is who you are. We support you. Come on. <laughs> I was like, Oh, so of course, had my own little waterfall moment there. And then lastly, my beautiful wife, you know, my beautiful wife's the backbone. So, you know, just a little bit about her situation, got injured on the job, beat up, mental patient went, went, uh, attacked her pretty much. She blacked out, head, neck and back injury for life, Mm. legally blind to one eye get in the other eye is going to be legally blind at some point in life. So my my wife has all these physical conditions that she's going to have forever. So if you ask me, why do I go up at five, four in the morning? Why do I do all I do? Why do I travel, speak? Where does the energy come from? Well, I wake up and see my wife every day. How can I not keep going? How can I not put it all out there? And so when you have those kind of motivating factors, and I want to show her the world literally while she can still see it, I knew it wasn't going to happen at this job. And when she gave me the green light and said, if you're going to leave, leave. I got you. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. Don't worry about the finances because she's the, the number cruncher. She's the one who, when the bills come in, like her, 
you know, that's the team. That's the unit that we have. Like she oversees. And, and I know that brings high level of stress. I mean, for all of us, but more, of, especially for her, her personality type. Well, so when she gave me the green light, my daughter gave me the green light. Moms gave me the powerful women and influential women in my life. Plus the man above. He was like, don't disrespect the gift. Stop bearing the talent. <laughs> Time to dig it out. Let's go. I will provide. And so I am five years or six years later. I mean, let's just just put things into perspective. First, after the first year of leaving, barely any speaking work. And then it was like, oh, maybe two speaking gigs. And then fast forward, he started doubling over. And then last year before the pandemic, because we were talking about the, the whole pandemic, I had my yeah. biggest contract with just one one diocese in California where I was doing social emotional learning workshops and the faith-based retreats, a combination of the two. Yeah. And it was, you know, again, between us, it was, well, and our listeners, it was uh, my biggest contract for one deal. It was like almost 50K. Yeah. Right. Which again, like in my world, that's huge for like the progression going from zero to one deal here. And that doesn't include all the other work. So I was in, like you said, I was in rhythm. I was Mm -hmm. in stride. And then COVID said, (laughs) hold up, hold up. So I know I, I know I like spent a lot of time on that with my bad, but no, that's full full context to kind of the the story. So now that we could, whatever we jump into was like, people they an idea of where I'm coming from. That context is perfect because it actually helped with a couple questions I had in terms of, you know, one thing was going to be like, what drives you? And I think I kind of got that answer from the wind in your sails, the three powerful women in your corner, the man up above. I mean, you, you got your team stacked. You're good to go. But I think it's important for the listeners to understand what they just heard at that story. When you mentioned you got the green light, right? And you decided to go. And it's not like you walked away from the bag and then you walked into the public speaking and this is like, boom, there you go. You've arrived. Let's go. Hey, it's like it took the journey to kind of go through that. Right. It took the journey to get to where you are now. And even with the setback from COVID or whatnot, you know, it's if anything, just a recalibration and a reminder, you know, it's God saying like, hey, man, just remember, we got this pressure. On the other side of this, we're going to grow. On the other side of this, we're going to come out bigger, stronger, faster. But you've tasted what you're capable of. <laughs> I'm going to slow it down because you have no idea the fire hose of blessings that's about to come out on the other end. And I've, I've found that tends to be true. Sometimes for anyone going through their storm, sometimes after my darkest period comes a deluge of blessings mm. in the most positive way because we stuck through it and endured yeah, Speaking yeah. Of sticking through it and enduring, man, you are inspiration times a million. And I love it. And never have in all the social media I follow you in, in, in the interactions we've had, never have I seen you waver on that. What keeps that tempo going for you? And I know you said inspired by Holy Spirit, but, you know, yeah, how, yeah, how well, do you keep that going? Yeah. So uh, just to even before I jump into that, you said the storm, right? So yeah. I always talk about the, the storm cycle. And here's what also is a reminder of what part of what keeps me going is that when has God ever let you down in the sense, like when has he never came through? And here's kind of, you know, and I know a lot of people struggle with that, mm-hmm. but the storm cycle, right? It's either you're entering the storm, you're in the storm, or you're coming out of it. 
if we're, just the fact that we're alive today and we have breath in our body is proof that God is still pulling us through. So if you go through, go through. And the thing is, there is no time limit on that. There's mm-hmm. no time frame. There's no time frame on how long things are going to be good, how long you're going to be in the eye of the storm, or you know when you come out. But at the end of the day, the storm cycle is: we get into it, we get out, and guess what? We're going to hit another one. And then, and yeah. so it's just that knowing that it's going to come, knowing that the, the struggles and the trials are going to come, helps me in my prep. And so when I talk about like mindset, right, and just always having those. So what I have is what I call the camera of truth. I do a lot of social emotional learning workshops and we're talking about feelings and how feelings dictate, you know, our behaviors and how to even approach it. So the camera of truth. All right. So it's uh, zoom in, zoom out, press record. Now I do this for personal reflection, team building, corporate. The camera of truth can be used. It's something that I created a couple of years ago and basically zoom in right? Who are you or whatever you're zooming in on. So personally, it's like, who are you? What are you all about? You know, what matters the most to you? What values do you have? What drives you? So having that like zoom in on what is most important and then you zoom out, you look around, are the things you're doing, the people you're hanging with, the stuff you're taking into your body, what you're watching, what you're listening to, all of those things, are they supporting that true you And then if not, then we go to step three, which is press record. And that's the three A's. Acknowledge, address, adjust. Mm. All right. So I acknowledge the people who have been supporting me. I address the ones who maybe it's like, this is unhealthy for me. We got to, we may have to figure something out, make some, and then I make the adjustments. Yeah. And then, you know, you don't use it once. It's like a camera. You just keep zooming in, zooming out take those pictures, press record, right? And so so when I think about what keeps me going, it's, or what helps me keep going is that constant reevaluation. So I'm not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I create my rock bottoms, even if things are good, create your rock bottom. Because if you don't, and like you said earlier, if we stay complacent, then that's when the devil's at work. And that's when yeah. the unproductivity happens. And that's when it's like, Oh, okay. And then you start, you look back and be like, look at all the time where you could have been spending with family, where you could have been working on yourself, where you could have been working on, you know, your business where, you you know, there's so many, when you look at the gaps. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So again, just, just being realistic, I think really yeah. is, is the key there. And just knowing that we got to have tools, we got to have resources, we got to have accountability Mm-hmm. So just the fact that even I hit you earlier today and I was like, are we still doing this today? Right. And when you messaged me on IG, when you had messaged me back, I was like, yeah, yeah. So that was like my accountability. Cause again, I just moved into this crib a couple yeah. of days and I wasn't sure if we were still on the schedule, but that right there was like, oh, it's on. Let me get set up. So, so yeah, just, I would just tell, tell all our listeners out there, like, you know, who keeps you accountable? What systems or processes do you have in place? Mm-hmm. Let's get process driven, not feelings driven. Yeah, because sometimes our feelings are important because I'm the feelings guy at the schools with the work that I do. But at the same token, we can't let our feelings take over. Yeah, I think there's a spot for our feelings. And when you mention that, it's kind of like when you say the camera of truth, I think that's when we can implement our feelings with the strategy. And then when the strategy is established, we stick to the strategy And then the camera of truth gives us another opportunity to implement our feelings that we felt through the strategy and then zoom in, zoom out, record the three A's were acknowledge, 
address and adjust and adjust acknowledge address and adjust because feelings can change over time our environment can change over time and it's so important to have that reflection and revisit our strategies revisit what we're doing and i think not enough people do that and check in with themselves i love it when you said create your rock bottom i always tell jess my wife and I, I tell people like, you know, I'm in the business of increasing my worst case scenario. I'm chasing all these things and I'm and I, I'm laser focused on the life I'm trying to build. But I also understand is, you know, too many times do I do I see people live that YOLO life and they're like, I'm just going to I'm going to put it all on black and I'm just going to roll it. and Let's go. And I'm like, yes, but that would have been cool if I was still 23. And the only mm-hmm. person that had to deal with the repercussions of my actions were me. Honestly, I probably would put it all on black. I wouldn't mind taking that risk. But, you know, as I've grown in life, as I've acquired a relationship with a beautiful wife that I'm just very, very lucky to have. I have Congrats. a dog that I had to, you know, walk before recording this podcast because, you know, I, he, his livelihood depends on me. But because the decisions I make are now impacting and affecting other people. I have to be a little bit more responsible with those decisions. It even multiplies more when you talk about having a business, employees, people whose livelihoods depend on the decisions that you make. So you can't just put it all on black. That's a huge disregard for their livelihoods and, and the lives that they're, they're living and also the trust that they put on you <laughs> to provide the livelihood. So yeah. increasing the worst case scenario for me is all about Understanding what I'm capable of, understanding what my skills are and how they how they contribute to society and continuing in that while I chase the purpose of what I hope to give. Mm. And that's kind of what we talked about earlier is, you know, coming across that crossroad where one day we'll have that transition into we do this as a passion project to eventually walking in our purpose. Yeah almost done with this time here, but I do want to ask, I know you got it on your shirt and I want to make sure that our, our listeners get the insight on realize with your real eyes, elaborate on that, where it's from, what it means to you and the lessons our, our listeners could take from it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So if our listeners are able to follow along, go ahead and put, just go ahead and take your finger and put it on your brain or near your eyes and say, realize Realize. And then with your, and then put your hand on your heart and say, realize. With your realize. Realize. So when I say realize with your realize, talking about is really using the eyes of our hearts. Mm. And I came up with this, or I was, this was inspired, I should say, uh, six years ago. Realize with your realize, the original message is realize with your realize the value of healthy relationships. And it was the idea of like, no matter where you come from, no matter what your circumstances, surround yourself with people who really care, who really got your back and just realize that. And then really, you know what I'm saying? Acknowledge that and, and whatnot. So it grew. So it grew to this message of, you know what? Realize with your realize and you fill in the blank. Realize with your realize that you were made for more. Realize with your realize that your purpose is bigger than what you have going on right now. Realize with your realize that tomorrow can be and should be better than today, right? Like there's so many different ways you can use the message, but ultimately it was inspired. Proverbs 3, 7, don't be wise with your own eyes in the sense that our human eyes, Mm-hmm. They deceive us all the time, especially now with all the different filters, all the camera tricks, all the different things that happens, right? Like, I mean, I'm not saying not to be aware of what's going on around you, but imagine a world, imagine a world 
where we can be heart first. I consider myself to be a heart first person because I'm going to see you with my heart first. I'm going to see you for who you are versus what you did. So when I go to schools, elementary schools and middle schools, doing the emotional learning, social emotional learning and the heart work, right? Teachers, parents, principals will let me know the behaviors that are happening with a student or a class, but I'm not looking at them for the behaviors. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at them for who they are. So imagine a world where we were we could use our heart first versus what we just see with our human eyes because our human eyes can be deceiving. And I know some people be like, well, what about your feelings? You just said, you know, your feelings could be contradictory or they can change. You're right. But if we think about what's deep, 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 deep down in our, in our hearts, in our spirits, in our soul, like the true passion, not something that just, you know, like an outfit, you could just change it left and right. We know what is deep down inside of who we are. If we started to use those eyes, the eyes of our hearts to operate a little bit more, if we use that just a little bit more, imagine what your family could look like, what your relationships could look like, your friendships, your work, whatever you do, like bring those eyes, right? To, you know, to your communities, wherever you go. So realize what you realize is really just this, it's that deeper level of vision, like, like St. Paul, like Saul, right? He lost his sight, but he gained his visions, all right? Acts 9, he lost his sight, but he gained his vision. And where did that vision come from? From inside. Yeah. In his heart. So, so realize what you realize that's just, you know, and shout out to Tupac. Come on, West Coast. For those of you who know that that was a verse from Pac, you know what I'm saying? So growing up being a DJ into the hip hop scene, you know, high feet of holy. That's where I'm at right now. High feet of holy is, is the mission. Yeah. But that's really what it was. It was realize what you realize that wherever you are, like there is more for you if you want more. Yeah. Whatever your situation is, it can be better. There's a better way. Realize what you realize. I mean, you can just imagine how many ways it will go but everywhere but really it's this heart first that's really yeah. what the the big takeaway is like be heart first what would that look like try it be uncomfortable yeah. with it but trust me it it'll broaden your horizons it'll change the experience it'll change the connection you have with people if we can start really being heart first realize with your real eyes i gotta say bro right your, your life is an example of that your work is an extension of that and just the message you shared on the podcast these past 30 minutes has been nothing short of inspirational and nothing short of amazing. So I could tell you're only getting started, brother. Yes, sir. I'm excited to kind of continue following with you, connecting with you, and really kind of checking in on each other, making sure we keep winning each other's sales. But I also want to make sure that our audience and our listeners have the opportunity to follow some of your work as well. Follow you on the gram, on YouTube, and catch everything that you're doing because you have a lot of great content coming out, helping folks in their everyday lives. And maybe they could even use your services. I know you do one-on-one coaching as well. So how can folks reach out to you, connect with you, follow up with you, and get some of the amazing inspiration that you continue to provide to the world? Appreciate Appreciate Yeah, there's a couple of different ways to connect. So broryrhy.com, B-R-O-R-H-Y.com. Instagram, broryrhy underscore the inspiration guy. Uh, if you just Google Ryan Ramirez, R-H-Y-A-N-R-A-M-I-R-E-Z, you'll see my YouTube channel on there as well. And then I'm going to just make this official right now, this official announcement on the Ted Fame podcast, y'all. So one thing when we talked about just taking leaps of faith. So one thing when I created Rock Bottom, when I was in an apartment here, Airbnb, we're figuring out like, what are we going to do so that we're not in a situation that 
caused us to leave where we were at. We know it was a blessing, but it wasn't what we want, you know, what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. So Danielle is, my wife is really into, we're into traveling. We love traveling. She's an interior designer just by nature. She's mm-hmm. definitely, she's going to get her license in that. We've always wanted to get into real estate. You know, everyone does want to do something in real estate. So we decided to get our feet wet a little bit. And now we actually manage short-term rentals. So, so your boy got his South Carolina real estate license. I studied and, you know, we're one of five states that has to have a license to, you know, be a legit property manager. So ins at pineappleoasis.com. That's ins, I-N-N-S-A-T-P-I-N-E-A-P-P-L-E-O-A-S-I-S.com. I know that's long, but that's what my wife wanted. We're trying to change it to IAPO, but ends at pineappleoasis.com is the new Rael adventure, Ryan, Danielle, Rael, one word. So we are following our passions, doing what we love. We're betting on each other. We're going all in on each other. And it's it's an amazing adventure. We already got a property in Spartanburg and yes. uh, we're looking to grow the portfolio. But literally my 40th birthday is a couple of days after is when I got my license. And yeah, so you know, just to add on to the next <laughs> chapter, wherever God steers is, is where we're going to go. But we're loving the journey and I'm looking forward to staying connected with you as well. Accountability. I know this is just the beginning. Thank you for saying what's up at Home Team Barbecue because you didn't even say shout out to Home Team where we uh, where we connected. I don't know if you want to share that story real quick on how we how yeah. we even connected. I was going to say that I was going to start closing with that because I know I never did get to it. But literally when I was back in Greenville, South Carolina, working as the morning anchor, uh, you had just moved from the West Coast. I was having lunch at Home Team. Great barbecue spot off of Lawrence Road, by the way. Shout out to Home Team. This is not sponsored by them, but they just got good food. And all of a sudden, you're like, Ted. And I was like, what's up? (laughs) And we talked really quick. You said I reminded you of your boy from California. You've been watching. You wanted to take a picture. I said, yeah. And man, just the vibes right off the bat was you could tell you were putting out good energy. Loved it. I thought I was putting out good energy. And we just clicked right off the bat. So it's a story that I think it can encourage people into, you know, the amazing things that can happen where I went to lunch with a friend and came out with another one. And now we're here on a podcast together. So there's opportunities in life, even if we don't see them coming, because I did not know that we would be interacting that day, let alone taking the picture, me following up, seeing the work you got going on on social, you follow me, me moving to a new city, and then us connecting months later on this podcast, chopping it up. And again, this being just the the beginning of what I'm sure to be a, yes, a budding sir. relationship. Yes, sir. And I know when you made that announcement that you were leaving, Danielle and I were like a little bummed out because we used to see how you used to do Saturdays uh, yoga at uh, Camper Down and all this mm-hmm. other stuff that you were doing. I was like, oh, we can start connecting. Then you're like, sorry, bro, I'm out. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and then I remember we were in Hickory, North Carolina, and I had uh, saw you on the news. I was like, hey, there's there's my boy. And then my aunt was like, you know him? I was like, yep. She was like, wow, he's really good. And so big ups from our family to, to what but yeah, again, you just never know uh, what God has planned. Number one, if you don't stick with them. Mm-hmm. And number two, if your eyes ain't open. So that's why you got to realize with your realize and be open to that. Man. So, bro, right. Appreciate Thank you, you so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for the opportunities just to, to break bread with you virtually anyways. And I know yeah. that in due time, in due time, this is uh, just the beginning for what was cooking out here. 
Hey, man. Yeah, we're right up the road. You're right down the road. If I'm in Greenville, I'll give you a shout. Vice versa. If you're in Charlotte, please do. Uh, appreciate you being on the show. And I'm going to sum up some of the things you said along the way really quick for our listeners. A lot of times they don't have a pen and paper with them. It's okay. That's why I bring mine. And I just love giving some of those tidbits and the gems that you dropped along the way for them here at the end. You know, let peace dictate your pace. We didn't say it on the podcast, but I wrote this down in the extra audio that we recorded. Just a little bit, a little bit of an extra incentive for folks to subscribe to the Patreon page for as little as $1 a month to get that extra audio. But let peace dictate your pace. We live life so fast, man. We let the things around us kind of dictate our pace and we lift our heads and we don't even realize two years have gone by while we're working a job. Our kids too, we're celebrating our kids' sixth birthday and we thought just yesterday they were four years old and life just moves so fast. So letting peace dictate the pace can help us stop, smell the flowers, embrace it more along the way. There's got to be a better way. So many of us look at the situations that we're in and just take it for what it is. But imagine if we had that lens to maybe elaborate, zoom out and and understand the way we can navigate this in a better way. My heart wasn't beating hard enough. And how do I leave the bag? Two things that can come together in terms of your main gig versus the passion project that you're working on building. It's so hard to walk away from that income. It's so hard to walk away, especially when you have a family, a mortgage, a life to support. But understanding that if your heart's not beating hard enough with what you're doing, God didn't put you on that earth, this earth to do that, you know, and we all want to see your gifts. We all want to see you shine. So by not sharing those gifts, you're robbing yourself, you're robbing others. A great quote I heard is, you know, our skills, our talents and our gifts, that's God's gift to us. What we do with those skills and talents is our gift back to God. So just remember the gift that you're holding and please don't keep it to yourself. Provide it on all levels. It's not just enough to provide monetarily. How are you going to provide spiritually, emotionally, physically, being there, being present? Sometimes people just need you to be there and listen. And then does my tribe see this in me? A lot of us have ambitions. A lot of us have things we want to do. Do the people closest to you and not just family or whatnot, because we all know how sometimes you can be in an environment that's not supportive of your goals. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those who do put wind in your sails, those who see the best in you. Do they see this in you? And if they do, maybe that's them kind of hinting that maybe you should see it in yourself too. And finally, one thing that kind of brought me chills, man, shout out to your wife. You said, I want to show her the world why she can still literally see it. I think all of us need to tap into something that picks up the pace for us and the ambition that we have because we can get complacent at times and reminding ourselves of why we're doing what we're doing could really kind of change things around and help us push us to the goal that we hope to have seek. And remember, if ever you feel lost, shout out to my man, bro, Rye, go ahead, do the camera of truth, zoom in, zoom out, record and assess, address and adjust. Appreciate you guys. Bro Rye, appreciate you being on the show. Appreciate the audience for making it to the end. As always, if you enjoyed it, it would mean the world to us if you could share this episode with somebody who will also benefit from this. If you don't want to share the episode, if that's too much to ask, I understand, but at least maybe subscribe to get a new episode each and every single week. Give us a review or rating. Let us know how we're doing because the only way we improve is when you give us the feedback to get better. And if you really do enjoy the episode, you love supporting, we do appreciate it. But if you'd like to support even more on a monetary level for as little as $1 a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon page to get extra content, 
from behind the scenes of our guests like Bro Rye and others that have been on the show. But guys, that's our time. We appreciate you. And as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow.